On today's episode of Double Down Trent, it is every football fan's favorite time of the year, eh, unless you're winning Super Bowls, of course, but we're talking NFL Draft. There are some intriguing plot lines. Some players are rising, others are falling. I don't know why. We've got our NFL insider, Coulter, our Patriots expert, Bill Hughes, on the episode today to break down whose stock is rising, whose stock is falling, and what we hope our teams should do in this draft and who we should pick. We've also got some very interesting bets for the listeners. We've got some over-unders, over-under two-and-a-half quarterbacks taken in the first round, over-under ten-and-a-half SEC players taken in the first round. Either way, it's going to be super fun, super interesting, so stay tuned for episode 125 of Double Down Trent. Double down Trent, you might want to tune in Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win Pop culture to movies, let's start up the combo Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto Keep it authentic and it's always live So competitive, so you know it's always hype Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss Going all in here on Double Down Trent Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go This is Double Down Trent all right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host, as always. Joining us tonight on this fabled week of the calendar, our NFL insider, Coulter. How you doing, bud? A little sleep-deprived, uh, still on paternity leave. Welcome to his son into the world eight weeks ago, so, uh, you know, trying to teach him a little bit bit about the pigskin and uh, excited for his first big football event here, the NFL draft. Been to it twice. Really pumped that it's out in Vegas after uh, the strip was stripped of the event in 2020 because of the pandemic. So should be a fun weekend. Really excited for the NFL to return in full swing. Indeed. Indeed. Congrats to you. Paternity leave. Soak it all in, my friend. It uh, goes surprisingly fast. <laughs> I can't believe I'm halfway done with it already. It feels like yesterday he was born. It's wild. We've also got our Patriots expert living in Philly, Bill Hughes. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good, boys. It's good to be back together again. I feel like it's been uh, it's been too long, but at the same time, uh, this is one of the pinnacle weeks of the year for any football fan because this is where the hope begins. This is where your team gets to get that guy, you get the jersey, get the draft hat, whatever it might be, but you got a little bit of hope. We all do. No matter who you draft, you're walking out of this week unless, of course, your team drafts somebody totally off the board and then, you know, or trades out of the first round, which has happened to me multiple times as a Pats fan. Um, But either way, you're leaving this week feeling like, okay, we got a shot. And that's there's nothing better. There is nothing better. It really is a unique feeling because almost every team is like, oh, we're back. We got our guy. And sure, there's been years such as myself where your team picks someone and you're like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I'm looking at you, Dave Gettleman. I but, was going to say, Andrew Thomas. Yeah, well, I, I actually, you know, he yeah, has turned out to be decent, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, you're right. He's better than Justin Herbert. You're right, Cass. You're right. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. Let's not do that dance, okay? This was supposed oh, to be – we're just talking about optimism, Colter. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I've already right. got he's turning bright red here. We're only I love it. I'm so it. excited. No, I because I spent. I will say just recently, I was uh, I was in Nashville, um, city of dreams, um, for a bachelor party, and two of the uh, key patrons at that bachelor party were 
huge Giants fans who spent the entire time convincing me that this is Dan Jones's year. And so no matter what spectrum of Giants fan you are, uh, I do agree with you, Kaz. You got to be excited that the man calling the shots, his name is not Dave Gettleman. It's just like this cloud is has passed and like the darkness is no longer there. Like the guy was just an incompetent general manager. And to be honest, I, I don't know enough about Joe Shane. I know his pedigree and he came from Buffalo and had some really good drafts in Buffalo, but he's got a clean slate here. He's got a ton of draft capital and that's why it's exciting because you've got a chance now to clean up this franchise where Gelman just left it in shambles. The amount of holes that is left in this roster is crazy, but I did read somewhere the giants have like historically like the number 13th most draft capital dating back to last like 20 something years. So they've got a lot of picks. They've got a lot of options here, but there's a lot of holes. So, you know, we'll see what happens here. Now I got my guys. I'm, I'm circling. We can start with the, the teams and break it down. I think the giants have the first two picks of all, all our teams here. Uh, Coulter though, let's first kick it to you because your Broncos, I don't think they're picking until round three, but it was worth it. Now they've got your quarterback. How do you feel going in this draft? It's a little different this time, right? We actually possess the Super Bowl champions second round pick. So we're picking at 64th for the Von okay. Miller deal. But yeah, we're um we traded our first two picks for Russell Wilson. I like the trade. I don't like going into draft weekend without a pick. It's a very weird feeling. Um especially when we hit last year in the top ten with Pat Sertan. I I, I feel George Patton, uh, General George is uh, actually he did a really good job in his first draft. So it's weird that he's disarmed himself of picks here, but I mean, I can't complain having Russell Wilson in the building. Uh, this is a division that's, it's clearly an arms race and, and we uh, leveled up and that was the only, only move you could make after the off season that the, this division had bringing in Khalil, Khalil Mack, uh, Chandler Jones, um, you know, we can go on and on. Uh, yeah. It's just been an influx of talent to that division all, all off season. Yeah. I mean, AFC West is stacked. You had to bring in the quarterback and you got him. So you've got weapons. Uh, the team is loaded and you've got your quarterback in place. So I think you guys are actually in a really good position. You're not sweating this draft out where you're like, I need the player. We need this impact player right away. You guys are in a pretty good spot here. So I can't relate to that position at all. That's for damn sure. Hughes, let's go to you in the Pats. Pretty, yep. pretty good season last year. You got to yep. like what you saw. Yep. There's room for optimism again. You're sitting here. Uh, what do you got? Pick 21, I think. 21. I I think that they're in an interesting position. I think a lot of the pundits are wrong. Typical. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they trade back. Uh, I think that there's not. And so I read an article and I don't know. You know, this is always very subjective. But like somebody was like a lot of teams think there's like 17 guys with a first round grade in this draft. I think people are thinking that this is not a top heavy draft. There is some depth in the draft. I think there's some good players but there's not a lot of guys that like really like ring your bell. Now, that being said, I think that there are some good enough defensive players that can come in and make an instant impact in the range that they're going to be drafting. Um, I think that there there's a specific linebacker that I would be ecstatic about. Um, I, and his name is not Nicobe Dean. Um, I think there are some other wide receivers that are very tempting. If they fall injuries, oftentimes play a huge role in where guys land. And I do think, um, there is a specific young man from Alabama that if he's there, I wouldn't be surprised if the Pats pounce on it, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they trade back. I do think they went out and got a weapon at wide receiver. 
uh, from an, uh, an inter-divisional uh, trade, which you don't see a ton of, uh, and Devontae Parker. Um, so I do think that you're going to see um, potentially them not go receiver um, unless they can find a way to get rid of their former first-round pick wide receiver. They just haven't had a ton of luck drafting receivers in the first round. So that That's being said, putting it mildly. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Um, especially given the guys they passed on to go out and draft. Um, I, it's like Voldemort. I don't even want to say, um, <laughs> but at the same time, I do think there's some guys there and I do like where the Pats are at. I think, uh, you know, from an off season perspective, they've made a huge bunch of huge splashes the previous off season. They've been a little bit, uh, laying in the weeds in this one. Um, but I really think they've got a need at corner, um, that they could go out. I think we're going to see defense. Yeah. When I was looking at, uh, my quote unquote mocks, uh, I had you guys picking a linebacker. And you mentioned not Nicobe Dean. Now I'm seeing him fall, which is weird, but I actually, I don't think Devin Lloyd's going to make it to you guys. You think he's going to fall to 21? So that's, that's what I'm saying. Not. Yeah. I think he might. I think he might. Um, I don't know. I don't want to commit to the fact that like, I think he's worth being drafted ahead or higher than 21. But if there's a run on some of these quarterbacks and there's a run on some of these wide receivers, teams get drunk sometimes on like, we're going to talk about the over under on wide receivers. The fact that I'm seeing some mocks with like eight wide receivers in the first round. Like I do think teams all of a sudden get a little antsy and they start going nuts trying to get their wide receiver or a wide receiver. It's probably the deepest position in the first round. And you know, if I'm looking at this um, and so I don't know, I think he could, because I don't think teams oftentimes value um, that kind of player enough. Now we'll see what happens. I do love Devin Lloyd. I think he could do wonders in that offense and defense and he's bigger. I think the one problem with Dean is that he's the Pats traditionally don't have those kind of like speedy runaround type linebackers. They usually have the bigger, larger, bulkier guys. And, and I think Lloyd fits that, that demographic a little bit more. I also like a couple of the corners in this draft, especially ones that will be there. Booth, I think has got a real shot. We talked a little bit pre pre pod about um, where Stingley ends up. Um, and, and I think, you know, We'll, we'll, we'll get into that, but uh, I don't think Stingley will be there. But at the same time, I think um, I think there are some corners that that could be interesting for them. Coulter, you think no way Devin Lloyd falls to the Pats at twenty one, huh? You know, I just I'm looking at the teams picking before them, and I see Philadelphia with two picks, and I think he fits really what they want to do. And New Orleans, who's very unpredictable, and we'll get into what their quarterback market looks like. I don't see it. I don't see New Orleans going quarterback in round one. What team in their right mind pays Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton in the offseason and then goes and drafts a first-round quarterback? They have a defensive guy taking over the franchise from Sean Payton. I think with two picks, I love Devin Lloyd going there. Uh, and then the other thing about uh, Lloyd is, you know, unlike some of these receiver guys, you look at, um, you know, uh, Hughes mentioned Williams out of Alabama with the injury problem, and there's a couple other guys with some injury question marks and concerns. Uh, at the receiver position, uh, Lloyd is coming off of a fantastic Rose Bowl. I mean, this guy is his arrow is just projecting upward, and so you, you add in the teams that are picking there, and and his he's a, his stock is on the rise. Also, uh, Chargers at seventeen is another one. I mean, those five picks before fifteen through nineteen, I could see Lloyd falling there. Um, the two Philly picks, the two Saints picks, and then the Chargers one. So. I mean, if he falls there, I mean, that's a great fit. I mean, there's no doubt about yeah. that. I just, I don't yeah. see that happening with the the minefield that is Philadelphia, New Orleans. Um, and they, they clearly want, those teams want those picks the way that they've been aligned. So I don't see the Pats being able to trade up necessarily and, and leapfrog them. Okay. Maybe Baltimore at 14, if they really wanted Lloyd, but I don't see Belichick doing that. So this gets to a, a bigger point. That is something that I don't understand. When I first saw some of these mocks, 
Devin Lloyd, I saw as a top 10 pick. And then Nicobe yeah. Dean, I saw going, you know, 15, 20. Now I'm seeing like Nicobe Dean's not even potentially in the first round. <clears throat> I don't understand how this happens. Like Coulter, are teams really buying this like smoke screen that, that, you know, people are putting out, like our teams really looking at this like, Oh man, our teams are going to pass on this guy. Or is this just like to benefit the, the media to get people like us talking? I mean, I, I think there's truth in what people are saying. I don't know if the Kobe Dean is actually going to be a first rounder. I'd probably bet against it at this point. Um, it just seems like the tea leaves are that he's going to end up probably going to a green Bay or Kansas city at the end of round one um, or wait until the end of round two. But I mean, he's the kind of player. I mean, imagine if he ends up in Kansas city, what a great pick that yeah. could be for them uh, to answer. I mean, to kind of answer the question around about way, I mean, I don't know why it happens, but it, it always seems to benefit the teams like Kansas city and green Bay. Cause it's like, if Nicobe Dean ends up in Kansas city and pick 29, I'm going to be like, God damn it. Like yeah. what the hell happened here? Like if somehow he falls to the giants in round two at like pick 36, they should sprint. You're going to be ecstatic. Podium. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're going to be ecstatic. I, I don't know why. I, I mean, maybe the position and the contracts, I mean, to Hughes's point about receiver, it's, I, that clearly has been a theme this offseason with the Hill and Adams trades is that teams want to try to get ahead of the, the money deals. And uh, we know linebacker is kind of like the defensive running back. It's not valued. So uh, right. maybe that's why. But I, I, don't, I have no idea. It could be Dean's fantastic. I mean, we, we watched him play throughout the fall. He's a great football player. Yeah, I, I, I think part of it, too, is that, like, I think if you asked a lot of people and you said the, you know, there's going to be three or four quarterbacks drafted in the first round, they would have told you, you know, three months ago that you're nuts. Now it's like, I think it's going to happen because it just seems like sometimes now it could go the opposite direction. And we could see like the, why are these quarterbacks not going off the board? Why are these receivers kind of like we saw that the draft with Voldemort, like <laughs> I, I feel like you had guys fall into the second round that are all pro guy like level guys. Yeah. And like, you could see that again, which would be crazy because the thing that scares me more is that some of these guys fall to the chiefs and they get that wide receiver at the front end of the second round. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, like this guy could have been a top 15 pick. He fell to 36, whatever pick they're at in the second round. And you're like, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but they're, you know, obviously the rich get richer. So, and I think you could see some teams definitely trying to dip back into the end of the first round. Um, because I think there's going to be some guys clearly like every year that were like, why is that guy still there? Like, yeah. How has nobody jumped on this? Um, and I do think linebacker just ends up being one of those weird positions that everybody kind of devalues at, at, to some extent, because it also doesn't get your fan base super excited. And I think that, that a lot of these guys, especially in Vegas, Vegas is going to have them excited. They're going to yeah. want to make a splash. They're going to want that type of guy. So I don't know. It's going to be this draft, I think, is wide open. Like I said, I don't think there's a lot of guys that you're like, this is a slam dunk, like first round pick that you have to go get. I think there's a ton of guys between 15 and 40 that could go anywhere. Like it's going to yeah. be, it's going to be wild. I mean, it's a great point, Hughes, because even like at the top of the draft, like I've been scouting the guys that the Giants might pick at five and seven. And it's so strange that you don't hear anybody has a consensus number one pick. Like we'll talk to this. We, we've got the odds here. I mean, and COVID is the, uh, the thing that I can't believe people don't talk about more of these prospects is, I mean, COVID is clearly the, what like brings them all together. Why they're so inconsistent. I mean, and we mentioned Stingley already, we'll get into him, but he's like a great example. Fantastic pre pandemic pandemic happens two weird seasons after the pandemic. And then he tests amazing. I mean, he, their chances are, he's probably still just amazing. And he had just a weird, it, the pandemic kind of sideswiped his yeah. career at LSU. I mean, so I mean, a lot of these guys, and you could say the same thing for, I mean, you're looking at a, you know, Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. I mean, these are weird projections that these guys had to go through. 
Um, you know, I, obviously everybody went through it. I mean, you'll get someone like Gardner in Cincinnati. He had to go through the pandemic and his stock has only rose. But I do think that it's, it, that definitely adds to the fact that Hughes is saying there's not like a, there's not more than five blue chip prospects, I would argue. Right. No. I mean, crazy. Yeah. Well, and that's where to your Please point. always rise and fall in America. Yeah. yeah. Well, and two with the, the number one <laughs> pick, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. I don't think the Jags want to pick one. Like, I don't think anybody's like, yeah. Claire would be like, Right. Yeah. Like, there's no quarterback you want to go get. There's no, I mean, like, there's a couple good offensive linemen. I think that, I think both, both guys that are going to go in the top, whatever, seven, um, are, are going to be good. Maybe there might be three, actually, I guess. Um, I think those guys will be good. But yeah, I just don't see that guy that people are like, yo, get me up to the top of the board so I can draft this guy. And I think that's, that's where we're going to see some jockeying where you could have, because there are teams that have a lot of multiple picks. Um, you know, you could see some teams trade out of some of those spots. I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles trade out of that second pick. Like, I don't like how he has shown, like he's willing to deal. I thought he made a really good deal to get that extra second round pick next year or whatever. Um, I think you could see that again. I think that, that there's teams that are going to be like jumping around the board because I don't know how different the second round is going to be than after pick 15 or even after pick 13. Like, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of guys and people are like, oh man, we got to get that guy. I mean, yeah. They keep saying this kid Mechie from Alabama is going to be a third rounder. He was one of the best receivers I saw play for the last year. It's, it's like it just doesn't Broncos make sense. In round three, perfect. Right? Like, I, yeah, I'm with you. That's what I don't understand. We all watch these guys play. Like, how is that guy going to be a third rounder? It's like when you said Hughes, when you see guys like AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. It's like, what were people thinking to let them fall that far? Like, in what world is Mechie a third rounder? I know. No, I'm with you. I don't get it's it. Great. Steve, yeah, so, Debo. I mean, like all yeah. those dudes that fell in that draft is just, and again, Voldemort, we took in the first round and here we are. <laughs> I'm calling him Voldemort from here on out, by the way, that's, that's his new name. Yeah. Uh, for the listeners, just do some research on who the Patriots, the wide receiver, the Patriots draft. I'll spare Hughes from saying his name on the draft. <laughs> rhymes so, with Car- his last name rhymes with Carrie and that's another <laughs> horror movie. So here we go. We're back. We're back. There you go. Business. So for me, I'm looking at the top of this draft and I'm, I'm not sure, like you said, what the Jags are going to do. I mean, it seemed pretty straightforward that they should pick Aiden Hutchinson, but then all of a sudden you start hearing these rumors that they're now interested in Trayvon Walker, who shot up the fucking draft board, which again, makes no sense to me. I mean, I watched a good amount of Georgia games this year, really good player, but like the fact that he'd be the number one player over someone like Hutchinson, who had more production just blows my mind. So for me, I mean, I think those two guys are going to be gone maybe not Walker, who knows, but I'm looking at offensive tackle. So my dream, my number one guy is Evan Neal. I hope to God he falls to five and the giants take him. He's a beast. He obviously can play left tackle where he played this year, but he's played other positions on the line. So I think in 2019, he played left guard 2020. He played right tackle. Then this year he played left tackle so he can move around. We've already shit on Andrew Thomas, but he's going to be our guy. He's going to be our left tackle. So those are two building blocks. If you pick Neil, uh, I'd settle for a Quan you. I don't think that's a settle, but hopefully if he, if Neil's gone and a Quan there at five, you take him. And then the other names I'm hearing is sauce Gardner and then cave on Thibodeau. So hoping that they get some combination of those four guys would be my dream scenario. Um, whether it happens, we'll see. I, I do think one of those four will be there, but in my horror world, all four of those guys get picked one, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah. As I, I, I hate to break it to you, but I have Charles cross going out of Mississippi state to the giants. If I... Yeah, no, I, I've, I've seen that too. And like, 
that's not a pick I would be I would hate. I would hate it if like one of those other four guys was there and they picked Cross ahead of them. Guys, if I could suggest something to you here that's gambling related, if you don't love Cross, it's a seven to one chance that he's the fifth overall pick. So maybe you just take that and and if you pick yeah, Cross like and you're not happy with the pick, you profit a little bit off of it. Make so some money. Think, Look at you. Coker. I think seven to one for a guy that's been mocked to them. Um, and this is the lone tackle prospect. You mentioned Neil is very versatile. He's, he's the best overall prospect, I think, but cross is from what I have heard. And I'm not an offensive line aficionado, even though I played the position, he is the best one-on-one pass protection, um, on an Island ISO type guy. Um, and I don't necessarily know if that's what the giants are looking for, but I mean, when I think of left tackle, I'm thinking of a guy who can take on an edge rusher one-on-one, not necessarily, um, Evan Neal, who again, as you mentioned, great prospect, but he's more like plug him in anywhere, and that's why you want him because he's a yeah. kind of a Zach Martin type of in Dallas where you can get him a tackle or guard. It's going to be interesting because like you read all these mocks, and I've seen various scenarios, but like I've seen one where the Giants take Gardner and Thibodeau, so they're going all defense, not even addressing their O line until the second round, which seems crazy to me, but. Uh, I'm hoping, like I said, one of those Jones, big four Dan guys Jones there. will love that, right? Yeah, right. I. I don't know. And this is, I get, this is I'm biased a little bit from it, from the perspective of like the conference stuff. I don't understand how you would take a guy from the PAC 12 and a guy from whatever conference USA or wherever Cincinnati yeah. plays in. If, if you need, like you need guys, in my opinion, the giants I'm saying that are foundational, like guys that can, can do things that they've done already. I think both of those guys are going to potentially be really good, but I just think there's, I think there's just more of a bust opportunity with both of those guys than what you have with some of the offensive linemen that are on the board. Um, and potentially, you know, I, I think I, I wouldn't be opposed if I was a Giants fan going both going double, deep, oh, I, the, the double O line. I like, would hundred percent two that. guys. Like if you so, got a shot at getting two of them, take both of them. Like I, I think both of them could be there. Um, I think the Hutchinson thing is weird. I don't, I cannot tell if that's like a product of the fact that people don't think he's as good um, or if people just are like kind of, it's his, it's his short arms. Yeah. He's got like, a, he's in like the eighth percentile for arm length. Yeah. Now Hughes, I, I love that idea. And I honestly would be all for it too. Now, this is one thing that I don't understand from my just fan perspective. So the giants need a ton of help on their offensive line right now. Yep. Everybody is saying Tyler Lindenbaum is like a top center prospect, yep. but nobody values this position of center apparently in the NFL. But like, look at, uh, what was the guy's name? Um, Creed Humphrey last year came in for the chiefs and just had an immediate impact. These guys yep. can come. A center is a very important piece in the offensive line. The guy's setting the protections. He's identifying the blitzers. Like he's got to be super smart and everyone is super high on Lindenbaum. But then I see on these mock drafts where he's going like 31st, potentially falling out the first round. It's like giants. If you need an offensive line and you want to solidify yourself, just fucking pick an offensive tackle and pick Lindenbaum at seven and get the hell out of there and make your next pick at, at the second round, best player available. You've addressed your line. I don't think anybody's going to be pissed. If you've got two guys who potentially could start on your offensive line for the next eight to 10 years, call me crazy. You Culture really, guys do, you smart really there. Believe, do you really believe that the cast? Yes, I mean, I he does. Not a great yeah, I do. Cause like you would be happy not, if, if they, they turned up that? the card at seventh overall and they, pick Lindenbaum, the center out of Iowa. I don't think he's going to be a first round pick Cass. I, that's I know, a bad pick that at but, seventh overall. But that's what I don't understand. Why is he not a first round pick? Everyone's saying he's like one of the top center prospects that's come out like in the past 10 years. 
from my understanding, say, he can only yeah. fit five or six run schemes in the league. Like he can only fit Baltimore and uh, Miami. Uh, but that's again, I'm not an offensive aficionado. But like from what I understand, he can only be the center on a couple of teams. So that's well, interesting. I, I didn't realize that too. But yeah, I mean, so I'm seeing him now. He's could... seventh overall. He's a center. Let's 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 yeah. Pump no, the brakes I, here. If yeah. Derek Stingley is there at seven, you don't want him. He could potentially be the best player in the entire draft class. Yeah. Listen, there's only a few ways I'm going to be upset. And one of them is if they take like Malik Willis, <laughs> that's really the only way I'll be upset. They just got so many holes. That, that. would be something. <laughs> Holy shit. I hadn't even considered them taking a quarterback. That would be <laughs> fucking wild. I mean, like, what, like listen, you might as well, that place would, if burn. there was a Giants fan there, they might just jump in the fucking, in the pond and just <laughs> drown themselves at Bellagio. The, the New York media would go crazy. <laughs> that would be papers galore. The New York listen, Post and the oh New York News, they would have field day with that. I don't think that it's going to happen, incredible. but we need to make the decision on Danny Dimes' fifth-year option, like, next week. So it's definitely on, on their minds. They're thinking about quarterback, but I, again, I would be shocked. Shock. Kaz, it sounds like you need to get to the bookie and make some of these emotional hedge bets on Charles yeah. Cross. I think you're right. That's a good Willis, play. Willis is a giant potentially. That's yeah. And I, I think they could trade back. Like, and that's the other thing is like, I, if they really wanted the center, like just trade back, like, it's yeah, that, but like now, whether or not there's somebody that wants to go up there exactly. is, is the question. But I mean, I think, again, I think you're going to see some guys, especially if, if there's a couple of these edge rushers that do, if, if, I just, my thing with Walker is he played with so many good players and I don't know if that matters. And I don't hate, I hate like knocking guys because Bama proves me wrong every time with the fact that it's like, Oh, everybody at Bama is good. And it's like, you shouldn't draft Bama guys because they, you know, but at the same time, they're all good in in the league. So I don't know. That's my only thing with Walker is like that D line was really good. Are we moving on from giants talk? Cause I have a a number one overall take that I would just love to just throw out there. Go ahead. Uh, Okay, so this is a gambling show. The listeners want gambling advice. Why have we not talked about, at least flirted with, bought a drink, sent over our phone number to Kayvon Thibodeau at 25 to 1 to go to the Jaguars? He's the best player in the draft. He's a physical freak. Why are we talking about Hutchinson, who has the arms of a T-Rex or some sort of short-armed dinosaur, and Walker, who barely even played as a pass rusher, and tackles who they're not going to choose because they've signed their left tackle. Why are we not thinking about Kayvon Thibodeau, who was the number one overall hyped guy last year at this time at 25 to one overall, I'm sending him a drink and at least flirting with him at the bar. I mean, what are we doing here? He's the best overall he, player. Why are they not consider him? Cause he played in a fake league on a fake team and no one cares about anybody <laughs> in the pac 12. It's it, you can't like, how do you watch? Like, how do you watch pac 12 games? And be like, Oh, this guy's great. He's not played against anybody. No one in the pac 12 is good. I, I, not, I will agree with you. Utah, Utah beat Ohio State. Just saying, I'm just saying. Utah beat, Utah beat Ohio he, State in the that's not Rose a Bowl. Team. That's like a Mountain West team. I, I, like, I don't, I'm glad they <laughs> Hughes, you're Ohio contradicting State, yourself. They play, play. they play in the Pac-12. What are you talking they, about? They, they what, beat the Oregon for, for one in the, the Pac-12 last, championship. For, for, exactly. They're not, but like, they've been in the Pac-12 for like 10 minutes. They, like that, it, the conference is a joke. It's always been a joke. It will always be a joke, in my opinion. I'm I'm just representing a point of view here. I'm you can take <laughs> Kayvon Thibodeau all you want. I don't think he's a football player. I think he's a freak. Freaks aren't great in the NFL, in my opinion. Football players are. 
That's why you got a guy okay. at Georgia who's slated to go number one and why every mock and every board now and every bookie has got him going one because he played against real competition. That's what these teams want to see, in my opinion. Now, Thibodeau could be a great player. I thought he, I thought he bailed a few times, but he decided not to play a few times. And he's got some injury issues. So that's why I would stay away from Kayvon Thibodeau personally. But again, if you want to jump on at 25 to one, I don't think it's bad oh, yeah. odds. I just don't think there's a shot in hell that he gets, that he goes one. 25 to one is good odds. And you got the Jags who nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. So for that, for that line, I, I think that's what it is, is, is Walker and Hutchinson to me are not ideal or they're not like top prospects. So it's just like, and we don't know what Jacksonville's doing. And I have not read one thing that says Jacksonville's not taking Thibodeau. That's the only reason why I brought it up. You know, it's not like they've said, we're absolutely not taking the guy who was the top overall prospect this time last year. They haven't ruled it out. So it's like, it's, 25 to 1, it's shot in the dark. I'm looking for value. I mean, I'm not. He's an outside linebacker. He's 250 pounds. He's 250 pounds. Like, I do not. I mean, again, and I'm not saying that, like, he's the greatest prospect of the world. I'm definitely not. I'm not. No, I'm not saying (laughs) that. I'm just not advocating for Thibodeau because I don't think, like, I don't know how good he'll be in the NFL. I don't think he's gone up against that caliber of player in, in his career. And that maybe he'll be fine. He just seems a little light. He doesn't, he's a pass rush, maybe a pass rush only guy. He can't play. I don't know if he can play against the run. I doubt he can. And so I don't know. He just seems like he's not a full-time player. And to take him at one, I just seems like a lot. That's why I think Walker's got all this love. Cause I do think in the modern NFL, he's just more of a three down player. So we gotta go back to cat. We gotta go back to Kaz now. The giants pick Thibodeau. <laughs> how, how are you feeling? <laughs> Listen, at five, I'm a little upset, but at seven, I think I like him, which is crazy because either way they got him, but I, I, you're huge. Your, your, uh, concerns are legitimate. I mean, he didn't play in the pac 12. It's not a very, I guess, skilled conference the way you would like in You know, the big 10, the sec, you're not getting those kind of offensive linemen that you're getting. But like Coulter said, he was last year, he was the number one runaway prospect. He had a good year. Didn't really do anything to like lose that top spot in my mind. But all of a sudden he's sliding down boards. This is what I don't understand. I do think for the Giants he'd be a value pick. So who knows? But let's move on. Let's go. We've got a few good uh, prop bets yep. that we've lined up for the listeners here. So let's start with always the most interesting. People want to know about the quarterbacks. This does not look like a very quarterback heavy draft. So we've got the over under on quarterbacks picked in round one at two and a half. Hughes, take it away. You going over under? I'm going over. This is just an NFL special. This is what happens. I, I, I don't think there should be any quarterbacks drafted in the first round. If you're asking me, like, if I was picking in the first round, I don't like any of these guys. That being said, it's the NFL. Someone will get, you know, like, oh, Kenny Pickett's still there. Who cares? Kenny Pickett. I mean, whatever. I, I don't want to get into Kenny Pickett. He plays in a fake league, too. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I, I think Kenny Pickett could be good. I, I don't think he's great. I think Willis is a total unknown. I think people just love mocking him to the Saints because – what like yeah like let's mock him to the Saints because that makes sense. I agree with with um, Coulter's take on that. Like I just don't see why the Saints would ever draft the quarterback in the first round this year unless again they just feel like they can go out and break the salary cap like they always do and just bring in a bunch of other guys. There's too many guys that they need on defense. Um, I I just think I I'm gonna go over because it's the NFL. But I and receiver guys are drafted. Yeah, true. Don't yeah. forget about receiver with the uh, Saints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Coulter, what do you think? 
I'm going to go over as well. And, and Hughes, I love the line NFL special. That's exactly what this is. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to believe that a team like Cincinnati wouldn't flirt with the idea of trading out of 31 for a team like Atlanta that might want to trade back in for a, a Desmond Ritter. Detroit has been linked to QBs at 32 Tennessee at 26 has been linked. And I think really is live to take a quarterback at 26. I mean, we should just pause and focus on this. I don't know what the value is. I don't have live odds, but you guys might be in states where it's live. Tennessee to take quarterback, I heard, was like 9-1. to one. I love that. I mean, last time we saw this team play football, their quarterback literally handed over the game to Cincinnati. Um, yeah, to Hughes' point, yeah, over for me, uh, I think we're going to get to see uh, – Probably Pitt jump on a quarterback. I wouldn't be shocked if we see a Tennessee, Washington, and then somebody's going to trade back in there. Atlanta's live, Carolina, Detroit. Um, there's teams that have needs. And quite frankly, we just touched on one that I didn't. I had not thought about it, but the New York Football Giants really uh, could just spice uh, this crap wow. in the most real way ever. Listen, I'm going to go on a limb here. The Giants will not draft a quarterback in the first round, and they're certainly not going to trade so up much fun. in the third round because so that fun. would just blow up the world. But I do like the idea of trading back up. We've seen it with uh, the Ravens did it with Lamar Jackson. It does give you you know, a little bit of insurance on that fifth-year contract option if your quarterback hits. So it certainly makes sense to do that. I'm taking over two, and I want to get your guys' opinion. So for me, I guess it's Desmond Ritter would be the third one. Who do you think is the third quarterback? It's Corral or Ritter, I think, at this point. I don't think Howell makes it in the first round. I think I yeah. think there could be some – this is the thing, though. These NFL teams sometimes fall in love with guys. But, yeah, I think it's either Ritter or um, or Corral. Uh, I think that Corral's the interesting one. I think, like, his like, – people have talked about him in very glowing terms. I can't tell. Maybe he's got a good agent and he's putting that out there in the, in the, uh, in the ether. But um, I think either of those guys could potentially go. That's where I think he could see four, um, which would be, you know, like, I don't know, like maybe – Maybe you see like, like the Lions at the end, like could take a quarterback. Like they need a quarterback. There's a bunch of teams that I think could take flyers on some of these quarterbacks because, like we've been talking about, there's not a lot of other elite talent. Like it's not like we're looking at guys that are like all pro caliber at all these positions. So I think you could, based on that, get some teams that are really willing to take a flyer on a quarterback and at late in the first round. And I could definitely see like Cincinnati trading out of 31. Um, you could see the Chiefs trading out of 30. Um, or where, where is that where they're at? And they have 29 and 30 where I think they're 29 and 30. Yeah. I mean, Packers, you could see them trading out. I think Packers taking a quarterback would be just the icing on the cake for everybody. <laughs> um, but that won't happen. Uh, I think that they've signed their fate there, but, uh, but no, I think, yeah, I think there's good, a good, good cost would have to jump. send himself out to outer space after that. Yeah. Coulter, who would you say would be the third potentially four quarterbacks going? So, uh, I want to give the listeners a little bet. I don't know if this is available anywhere, but I love Ritter as the first quarterback off the board. If you can get it at 10 to 12 to one, wow. um, I, there's a situation here where nobody goes in the first 19 picks and Pittsburgh's up at 19 or 20 yep. or 20. And everybody and their mother is saying, Mike Tomlin loves this kid. Malik Willis, blah, 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 blah. I think Malik Willis takes too many sacks. He's not comfortable enough in the pocket. Uh, I don't see him going off the board in the top 10. Yeah, he has a super high ceiling, but like I, Britter just to me seems more like a stable bet. And like, I just feel like if it's the Steelers are the first team that's going to take a quarterback, I could see Desmond Ritter being the guy that they end up going with and throwing everybody for a loop. So it's worth taking a flyer on. Again, I'm looking for value when I'm betting quarterbacks. 
Um, and then the thing with Willis is if you're Carolina, you're taking him at six. Let's go through this. Who's blocking for him? That's a terrible right. pick if you're Carolina. Terrible. Atlanta, terrible. who is he throwing to? If you look at Atlanta's receiver depth chart, my God, is it scary. That's an awful pick. Malik Willis goes eighth to Atlanta. They should probably cease being an organization. And then is he even good enough to beat out Drew Locke in year one for Seattle? And who's blocking for him? Have you looked at the left tackle depth chart in Seattle lately? Terrible offensive line. This would be a bad pick. My favorite bet of the entire draft is Malik Willis falling out of the top 10. I do not see it. I would bet a very large sum of money that this kid is not a top 10 pick. Uh, I don't think a quarterback goes in the first uh, 10 picks at all. If anybody's, it's going to be picket to the Panthers, but I don't see that happening either. Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry, Cass. What was your Dahl, question? Right? I like Ritter. As, yeah, I like Ritter as the first QB long shot bet. And I like the Steelers to be the first team to take a QB. The more I look at the board, I just don't see, I don't see where a quarterback comes off early. Yeah, because Carolina seems to be like the team that would pick a quarterback, but they're not just at six. That seems like such a high pick to take someone in with question marks like Willis or Pickett or even Ritter. So yeah, the only thing I can see is they, they trade Houston goes. This is the way that the draft goes early. It goes Walker Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Houston makes the splash with Thibodeau. It's three straight edges. And then at six, they trade back into the top 10 to take a Stingley or a sauce Gardner um, after the jets and giants have picked tackles now I could see happening and I could see Houston being at six and then Carolina, at whatever 13, then they take Pickett or, uh, Willis yeah. then that I could see happening. Yeah. 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 Without trades, I don't see, I don't see a quarterback in the top 10. That, that's just my opinion. So let's move on. Uh, like you said, Hughes, a deep position this year's draft is wide receiver. We're setting the over under at six and a half in the first round, big number, Hughes, you going over or under I'm going under. Um, and I'm going under for the simple reason. Cause I, this is a Vegas pick to me. Like, I think it seems very obvious that there's a bunch of guys on the board that are going to go. I do think that based on some of the like teams. So like I said about NFL special with quarterbacks, NFL special with wide receivers is, Oh my God, the guy got hurt. He might not be available till December. Who gives a shit? even if he's not available to the following year, like take a guy who's got pedigree. And I, I think a lot of these guys that did get hurt are showing that they've come back from that injury and they're relatively healthy enough to work out and do different things. But I still think there's going to be some teams that are like, well, I don't know. He might be hurt. He might not be able to play. And like the, th- the going theme with the rookie with one, the rookie contracts in the first round and two with some of these guys is that you need to use, you need to maximize their ability to play earlier and so I do think we may see similar to the draft we were talking about with um, Nikhil Harry on final season. Oh. Um, I think you'll see some guys that drop and you're like, wait a second, why are these guys falling? But then I think because there's so many of them that are kind of dropping down the board, I could see that other reverse logic, which I feel like happens from time to time. Where it's like, oh, well, we can just get one of these guys later. Like well, there's there's five of them left. We'll just get one later. And so I could see this being under, I think it's a big number for wide receivers. Um, though I do love a lot of these guys and I can easily see it going over, but I'm, if I'm betting this from a value perspective, I'm going under. It's a huge number. Coulter, what do you got? Yeah, I would force lean onto the under because it's six and a half. But if you're going to tell, if if you're asking me count the teams that are going to pick receiver, I actually land at seven. Um, I land on, uh, New York jets, 
I land on the Minnesota Vikings, by the way, another great recommendation, seven to one for Vikings, I think, or eight to one for them to take a receiver with their first overall pick. I love that value. Um, I think Houston could be live with one of their picks to take a receiver. Why not? Uh, Philadelphia Saints, those those two teams are both live. Um, Patriots are live. We mentioned Packers. Bills, I think, are definitely live to take another receiver. And then, again, you have Packers, Chiefs at the end. And then you've got Bengals and Lions to trade uh, to other teams. Potentially, they're at the very bottom. I, I just, you know, I wouldn't bet on this one. I, that would be my recommendation. Don't take a side because I really could see it going over. But it is a, it's a too fat of a number to say definitely take the over. Um, yeah, I guess I would land on taking the under just because it's such a fat number. But there's a lot of teams that need receiver, and I think the theme has been all off season. And you look at the Super Bowl too, and, that, and I'll toss it back to you, Kaz. Uh, I think something has to be said. NFL GMs have to look at that game and say four of the best 15 players on the field played wide receiver yep. and cup Beckham Higgins and, and chase. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's that far off to say, I, I mean, I watched the game and I think those four guys had a pretty high impact on that game. So receiver is an important position. I'm not saying anything new to anybody, but uh, yeah, I'll throw it back over to you Kaz. I, I would go under on that one. Um, it's a, it's tough because I, Definitely, it, it, you'd be pressed by the end of it. You'd be biting your nails if six receivers had gone and the lines are up at 32 and then a trade is in there. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I do think it's a perfect number because I, I think you're going to get six. Uh, I've got my list at six. Um, like you said, Colter, I mean, the position's just evolved in the NFL where these guys are coming out from these offenses in college that they're so prepared uh, as route runners, as ball catchers. You know, they're, they're just elevated and they make an immediate impact because it's not a, a position where it's really tough to learn the playbook necessarily, right? Like it's not like an offensive lineman. It's not like a tight end where you just kind of have to learn everything. So that the transition from college to pro has gotten a lot smoother for receivers. Um, I, yeah, I've got it at six. So let me rattle off the guys I've got right now. Jamison Williams from Alabama, Garrett Wilson, Ohio state, Drake, London, USC, Chris Olave, Ohio state and Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I've got his five locks in the first round. Then it starts to get a little interesting. So you've got Jahan Doxson out of Penn State, George Pickens out of Georgia, which to me is one of those wild cards. So that was like you were saying, Hughes. He he was hurt most of the year. He's come back, played in the championship game. Um, and then Sky Moore uh, as a wild card. I don't think he's going to be a first rounder. Um, but Dotson and Pickens, I think would be the two guys that might swing that number. But like you said, Coulter, I don't want to be holding this ticket at over six and a half. And start being like, oh shit, we're at 31. The Bengals are on the board. The Lions are on the board and have to rely on a team to trade up in there to get a receiver. So I think I would go slightly under, but uh, <laughs> I think it's a good line, six and a half. <laughs> I, yeah, I think Vegas is dialed in on this one. I agree with you. I also think a lot of this is going to swing on the quarter, the cornerback market. Um, I think a lot of the teams that want wide receiver also want corner. So I think it, it'll, a lot of it will depend on the guy that they wanted, the guy that they liked, does that guy go earlier? Like, you know, there's just a lot. I think that there's a lot of teams that want both. Um, like the Pats are one. I think the Chiefs are one. There's a lot of teams that I think would go one or the other. Um, so I do think like that's going to determine like for a lot of teams, like which which guy did they have higher on their board? Um, because I agree with you. I think that there's a guarantee that there's five. Um, the sixth one is, is even tough. I think there could only be five. I mean, I think there's a possibility. There's only five wide receivers drafted in the yeah. first round and that you do see, I mean, uh, the guy from Penn state or, um, the, the other, uh, the other one you had mentioned, 
um, Pickens. that they fall Pickens falls. But like, I, I just think, I think there's a lot of corners too. And so like, if you're going to, if you're going to go one or the other, I would pick between the two. If you're going to go over on corner, I would go under on wide receiver and vice versa. Like, cause I do think a lot of these teams want one or the other. And I don't think there's a much value to trade back in to get one. I think if you're going to get a quarterback, you're going to get somebody that you think can be a real impact player. That's one thing to trade back into the first round, but you're going to have to give up a decent amount to get there. And so I do think that like part of that's going to be, do we really want to give up? If we feel like there's three or four wide receivers left that are sort of similar. We talked about the other, the other Alabama uh, wide receiver, Meacham. Um, like if, he, if you're like, wow, well, we can get him later. Like, why not just wait? You know? And so I do think a lot of teams will get into that math problem where they're like, well, let's just hang on and see who's left. Um, so I do think the corner and the wide receiver market are very tied to each other in this draft based on what these teams, and none of us know that obviously what these teams are valuing. That's a great point about the depth. Like why give up extra draft capital to move back up to the first round when there's five guys that could go second, third round. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Not to mention, I, I think this has to be emphasized. The receiver position keeps like this self-generating almost in a way it's like we saw this we, we've talked draft down this podcast i think three or four years in a row and it's just like every year the number gets higher and higher and this point to me like stands out you have Olave and you have wilson from ohio state yeah. they're not even the best receiver on their team from last year smith and jigba was the best receiver he's returning to school at ohio right. state i mean there are so many he's coming next year as a bronco fan i'd rather have that guy than Olave, and i would never in a million years trade any picks for anybody, any of these receivers, I'd rather have Smith and Jigman next year. I mean, and he's just one of a plethora of other young, great yep. receivers that are coming out in next year's receiving class. Um, so and I, I just had wanted to emphasize that point is that we've got two Ohio state guys and their teammate uh, is coming next year. And he's probably the best of the bunch, honestly, Yeah, from what I saw. At least. All right, let's move to some conference prop bets. Let's start with the uh, fake ACC, according to Hughes. Let's go. We're <laughs> we're I'm setting the line. The ACC. I, well, I shouldn't say that. The ACC. He's only two you know, you're right. <laughs> He's only there's the Big Ten. There's the Big Ten, and there's the SEC. In my opinion, when it comes to football, I agree. I'm biased. Um, I don't think there's any other real football card. Well, the Big Twelve is interesting, though they're losing <laughs> their best team. So it's not like that's the other thing. It's like all these conferences are so different, and they're going to be even di- more different next year, um, or yeah. two years, whenever those these teams leave. When they move, um, yeah. Oklahoma, like, Texas is the biggest. Yeah. 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 All right, so we've got anyway, the line at over under four and a half ACC players. Take it away, Hughes. Um. Well, I guess I got to stick with my guns here, and I'm going under. Uh, I just don't. I don't see it necessarily. I, I, obviously, the part of this depends on. So what we've got, NC. We got the offensive tackle from NC State. We've got yep. um, the court. We got uh, Kenny Pickens from uh, from Pitt. We've Pitt. got uh, who? Uh, the Florida State defensive end, yep. Jermaine uh, Johnson. Johnson. I think um, those three are locked. Does, no, does, Notre the, does Notre Dame count as an ACC? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, no. Guard, the guard from BC is the other yep. one. He beat the four. Okay. Zion, so, Zion Johnson. Yeah, I'm going under. Um, I don't. I, I just don't see it. Uh, I think even you know, you pick it like is is one that I think is definitely going. Um, but yeah, I could see the guard falling, similar to what we were talking about about. Um, uh, the center, you know, sometimes those positions just don't get valued that much, even though the guy could come in and make, make a huge difference. So I'm going under. All right, Coulter, what do you got? This is my favorite or one of my favorite, I should say, cause I already said I had it my favorite, but I love the under here. I just don't see it. Uh, Zion Johnson will be the last ACC player picked into Hughes's point. 
uh, he could end up at 24 to the Cowboys or he could fall out of the first round altogether because he's just a guard and they don't value that. And people are trading back up as we've talked about for um, receivers, quarterbacks, et cetera. The only other person that threatens this, and this is the bet I'm going to take, uh, you know, Booth Jr. out of Clemson, who Hughes had mentioned as the corner. Yeah. He has an injury thing. His over-under is 31, I think, or 30 and a half. Just take that under, because uh, if he ends up being in the first round, he will push the ACC thing over to five. Um, but other than that, and those are literally the only five guys. There's no way the kid from UNC, the quarterback, is going to get taken. I think he's, yeah. the, he's the next logical player. I mean, there's just not enough players. I mean, there's you're saying the fourth right. guy is a guard from BC, and then the fifth guy is an injured corner from Clemson, and the sixth guy is a quarterback from UNC. I just don't see it. I don't see how we get to five guys. Yeah, I'm with you. Maybe we should have set that line at three and a half, but you, you named all the guys I had. So uh, I think Zion Johnson, the guard, and, and Andrew Booth are the two guys that would be the wild cards, but one of those two guys is going to fall. Uh, I don't know who it is. Hopefully, you know, I, I, not to keep going back to Giants, but – Zion Johnson was a guy I was looking at for the Giants in round two at 36 uh, as a potential to beef up that offense. How happy would you be if you ended up with three first round picks and the Giants got into the, the back end of the first round with the Detroit pick and they took a guard? I'd be fine with that. I honestly would because, listen, you guys have watched it. You've heard me talk how bad this team has been. You, if you don't have an offensive line, you don't have a team. You just don't. And they're not sexy picks. Like the casual fan is going to be like, what the fuck? Why are we pill- why are you picking all these offensive linemen? But smart football people know you need to build the interior. And if you can't block at all, whether if it's they, the right- if they've watched any Washington versus New York in the last two seasons, they should know that more than anything. Washington <laughs> is not a good team, but they've humiliated the Giants. Exactly. Kind of again, up front. And like what blows my mind too about Giants fans is like the two championships we've had in the past 20 years. How did we win it? We had a great offensive line and even better defensive line, like build through the interior. It's not, that's not rocket science, but anyway, so I'm taking the under uh, on ACC. So I guess maybe we should have set that line at three and a half. Uh, I'm going to defer to you guys on the big 10. I did not get to do as much research on this one. We've got over under six and a half. Hughes, this is your conference over, over. Um, I don't see how it goes under. I, I just, like there's we talked about it with the the guy from Iowa. Like, I think that guy ends up in the first round. I think you end up with, all right. So him, I think the potential, well, actually there are some swing guys. So him and the wide receiver from Penn state are the two that are going to push this one way or another. Now I think the rest of it, I think Daxton Hills, another interesting prospect. I think he goes in the first round. Um, I think you got both wide receivers from Ohio state. You've got, Aiden Hutchinson, who you guys probably think is going in the second round, given the fact that he's got short <laughs> arms. Um, but at the same time, you got, I think you've got enough guys there where I think that this one goes over. I don't, and I don't think, I, I don't think it's going to do that hard. And again, I think a lot of it is based on this is a conference where guys traditionally have played and done pretty well, especially guys in the trenches. Um, and you've got the, the DN from Iowa. There's, there's a couple Iowa guys that are going to go. There's a couple guys from Michigan. There's several guys from Ohio State. I think this. I think this number could get blown out of the water. Wow. I think you could Col- get. I think you could get to eight or nine. Wow. Coulter, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. There's Hughes mentioned a few swing guys. There's also the D. I think it's a DN from Minnesota. There's a DN from uh, Abacady from Penn State. Uh, you got obviously the DN from Purdue, Carl Loftus, as we mentioned. And yeah, I mean, there's. Three Michigan guys, two Ohio State guys, and all the people that I just mentioned, a couple Penn States. I mean, there's just way too many possibilities yeah. uh, to push this one over. And we didn't mention the running back 
Kenneth Walker. What if he goes yep. in the first round for Michigan State? Um, yep. I don't necessarily see him as a first rounder, but you can't deny that. There's just too many names, too many skill position players. Uh, I would I'd have to take the over. Um, and, and Hughes, quite frankly, uh, bashing in the Pac-12 skull uh, here on the podcast has just convinced me that, yeah, the NFL definitely loves the Big Ten and six and a half is just light. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pass. I didn't do enough research on this one, but you guys have given me enough uh, evidence to take the over in this one as well. If there's that many swing guys, a couple of them are getting picked. You just, that's just how the fucking draft works. So I'll, I'll roll with you guys and I'll take the over here. Now this one I think is going to be interesting. The sec over under 10 and a half Hughes. What do you got here? It's a massive number. This is a Huge. massive, Huge. massive number. Given what we've talked about, I'm going counterintuitive. I'm going under. I think this line was set a little bit high. I think it lands maybe on 10, but I think there's also a real likelihood it lands on nine. Um, I want to go over, right? I think like, you know, everything is like how the SEC, but I do think that based on what we're seeing, you've got a lot of guys that are kind of in a similar boat. Now there are some, the, the kid from Florida could be another swing guy that Elam there's, there's some guys in there that if teams get a little, a little juiced up about some of these positions that could definitely push it over uh, all, all the Georgia guys. But like we were talking about Dean, like if Dean falls out of the first round, there's no way this number goes over. I don't think. Um, Correct. And so like, I think to me, I think this number goes under 10 and a half. I think it's a juicy fat number, but at the same time, I think Vegas knows that everybody looks at it and is like, well, the sec, like shit, you could set that number at 30 and I'd take the over um, because it's the sec. Um, and I just don't think that that's going to be the case this year. Um, so I'm going under 10 and a half. All right, Colter, what do you got? Yeah, I have to take the under here uh, just because the swing guy thing is we were just doing the big 10. There's so many for the big 10. There's just not enough for the sec. Uh, Hughes highlighted Elon from Florida. Dean is probably the only two guys. And then there's the offensive lineman green from AM. Those are probably the only three guys at the end of the first round that could swing this. This number is dead in the water. If Dotson goes from Penn state, the receiver uh, Ritter, how I know I just dismissed as a possibility, but if he goes at the end of the first round, this number is dead as fuck. Uh, yeah. Baylor, the safety Jalen Petrie. If he goes, this is dead. David Ojabu from Michigan. This is dead. If he goes, I mean, there's just so many guys. Zion Johnson, as we talked about from Boston college, I mean, you got to go under Let's not forget there's also the offensive lineman from Northern Iowa. And we talked about a couple of the different receivers from some of the smaller schools. It's just, yeah, there's no, there's no upside to taking the over here. Uh, there's only two Alabama players that are going to go in the first round, right? Uh, and Neil and, and Williams, there's yeah. not a, even a third dark yep. horse from Alabama in theory. And quite frankly, I mean, Burks is a projected first round pick. And this, I don't know if there's a prop bet for this, but I'll hand it out to the reader or the listeners. I don't know if necessarily it's a shoe in that Kansas City is going to take a receiver at the back end of the first round. I don't think that they're necessarily like desperate as, as people think they are to take a receiver here. Um, they might even just trade out of the pick and get more picks later on and keep building the dynasty. Let's not forget that Mahomes is on a 10-year contract, emphasis on 10. So you don't necessarily know if they're going to take a receiver at that pick. Um, so just a couple things to keep an eye on. Yeah. I got one more swing guy to think about, and that's Quay Walker from Georgia. It's going to be yep. interesting. If, if there starts to be a run on these Georgia defensive players, maybe it hits. But I'm yep. with you guys as well. I, I'm going under. I've got a solid eight picked, no matter what, with I think nine hitting and then a swing guy going to 10. I think we'll, I think that number lands on 10. 
Um, it, it, like again, Hughes, you made a good point about receivers and defensive backs. Maybe the pendulum swings a little bit uh, with Elon from Florida getting in the mix here in that first round somewhere. But Nicobe Dean is the guy to watch. If he falls out of the first round, like you said, there's no way you can get 10 and a half. If he falls out, because if Dean's falling out of the top or the first round, then Quay Walker is definitely falling out of the first round. Like I yep. just cannot see a team picking. Ooh, I don't know about that, what really? I'd, I'd, I'd take a flyer bet on that. All right. You want to do a side bet? You want to do some juice? Yeah, crossfire. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, Dean's obviously the projected favorite, but I think Walker is uh, to your point. He's alive potential at the end of the first round. I, I mean, I wouldn't say he's, out of the question to be a first round pick, right? Right. No, you're, you're right. hundred percent. I just think if Dean is there and Quay Walker's there, I, I just don't know how you, I mean, I guess you just based on upside and like athletic yeah. talent, but like put on the tape, the Dean is a fucking starting middle linebacker that you plug in right away. Quay Walker, you know, a freak, but it's, it's a probably, project. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm yeah, with you. draft in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly right. Do you want proven uh, results or do you want the upside ceiling player? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And I think, I think that's what's going to be interesting is like, to your point, a lot of this is going to depend on momentum and the unknown of like how many guys are in this draft that people are excited about and how many flyers are people like, well, you know, like, yeah, let's take a shot because – you know, he, he's been hurt or he's underdeveloped. I think Dean is a known entity. I think he's another one who's a little bit, I don't want to say smaller. That's not a fair assessment of where he's at. He runs around and makes a lot of plays. I think there's going to be questions about whether or not he's got the durability and the size um, to play every down in a lot of schemes. I think there's plenty of teams that would take him. I just don't know if every team looks at Like, that's what I was saying about the Pats. I don't know if the Pats look at him and they're like, yeah, like this is a guy we could project at playing middle linebacker for us when we're used to playing with guys like, you know, Bentley and um, Hightower who are weighing in at like 260 and he's coming in at two, 230 or 225, yeah. whatever he's at. I don't even know where I'm trying to look it up right now. Uh, yeah, he's at two, like he was listed on the, whatever this insider prospect list on ESPN has got him at 5'11 and a quarter, 229 pounds. I think that when you look at a guy like that, you know, you, and then you look at Devin Lloyd, who's 6'3. 240 and it's just i don't know like I, it depends what you're looking for i'm not saying he can't play the position the guy's a beast and if the pats drafted him i'd be ecstatic so that being said i just don't know if the pats look at him and they're like yeah like this is the type of guy that can bang and, and take that level of durability and play the defense that we want to play um three down and so that's where if you're drafting a guy in the first round i just don't know how you draft a guy that you can't project to play at least three downs um, and not some special teams potentially, though he could be a good special teams guy too. I, I, I don't know what he did at Georgia. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Well, Colter, let's uh, let's discuss before Thursday. Maybe we get a little side crossfire action mm-hmm. on who gets picked first. <laughs> I think Walker, Walker versus Dean. Yeah, I think I think we do a quick pool right now. First quarterback taken. Who do, like each each per, each one of us has to pick somebody different and uh, ten bucks a pop. Because I like it. I think I think I know who I'm going with. I don't know who Coulter or you're going with Kenneth. So All I right. Think, well, I you you uh, came up with this idea. Why don't you take us away with the first pick of quarterbacks? I'm going with 
the fact that I think that this is going to happen, even though I do agree with a lot of Coulter's points, I'm going Malik Willis, first quarterback take. All right, Coulter. I'll take uh, Pickett, I guess, right? He's, he's almost close to odds favorite. Yeah, I know I, I know. I I know. I spoke a big thing about uh, what's his face Ritter, but he's a ten to one shot as the first quarterback off the board. So, well, I guess of, I got Ritter. I, the listeners. Yeah, I'll take Ritter then. But I, I do think if if I was uh, straight up gambling on this one, if you were the listeners, I think it's going to be Willis. But I mean, it, it is a crapshoot. You never know. So who knows? Maybe my Ritter pick comes through. All right, I'll now, trade you. I'll I'll give you Willis, and I'll go off the board. I'll go with Matt Corral first quarterback taken. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I like There's it. There's something to be said though about this kid Willis. He really does not handle the and and, and scouts are really adamant about this. He's just not good in the pocket. He took so many sacks in college, and I know he doesn't have a great offensive line at Liberty, but I don't know. I think there's there's teams out there that are definitely dinging him for that. I mean, holding onto the ball and not reading the blitzes enough. Because I mean, I can you can counter and say Liberty doesn't have a good off, or offensive line to protect him. And I can counter the schemes that they're running. The teams that are playing against Liberty are not nearly as, um, you know, deeper, confusing right. as an NFL defense. I mean, this, this right. can't handle it at the Liberty level. How can he handle it at the NFL level with blitzes and stuff? So I, that's just where I come down with with him. And, you know, I, I the, yeah, I, I don't know. There's something about this guy, Willis, that I feel like he's just risen up the boards without people really thinking about it. A hundred percent. I think all the quarterbacks in this draft are just not anywhere near where they were in past drafts. But if you're picking a guy and you know, they're not going to get like a, basically a plug in play day one kind of quarterback. I think you want the guy with the biggest upside quarterback, which would be Willis by mind. Like pick it probably can be more of a secure career backup. Maybe like same with a couple of like, I think Matt Corral is interesting because he does bring some more stuff to the table as well. Like he's definitely got upside. He came out of that uh, Kiffin scheme. So maybe he's got some potential, but uh, I, I think if you're not hearing anybody, like I haven't heard anybody saying Corral being an, even the first rounder Hughes, have you? So no, <laughs> but at the same time, I do think that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know that it'll all come down to whether, Malik Willis goes in the top 10. If he doesn't and it starts to fall, I think you could see some teams that feel similar to what Coulter's saying, where it's like, I don't know if this guy's that good. I think what Matt Kropp brings to the table is something a little bit different from the ability to move around a little bit. I think he's got, I think he's got a little bit of competitive juice. I think you can comp him to some guys that have been pretty good. I mean, he's not that big, but at the same time, I don't know. Like that's where I think let's, you know, to try and spice this up a little bit. I think he, potentially go like the Ritter thing's very interesting. He's obviously gained, gotten some traction. Um, I was just looking at the pro, pro football focus uh, mock and they've got him going to Tennessee, which I think um, Coulter had mentioned Tennessee uh, taking a quarterback at 26. And I think that that makes a ton of sense. I th- though I could see somebody who maybe has a little bit of a crush on that crowd. You know, maybe they pop in at the end of that first round and try and take them. Some of these quarterbacks are still hanging around. I do think the odds are that Willis or Pickett are the one of the are the first two quarterbacks taken. But I also think, you know, I think that there's dings on both of them. And I think that there's a real opportunity for any of these quarterbacks as you start to get into the teens, late teens, early twenties, for any of these guys to get to get gobbled up because it's really just gonna come down to preference and what people think that they translate to in the NFL. And I don't think I haven't read a lot that people think Cody Pickett's gonna be a great NFL quarterback. Um, yeah. and I think that a lot of this is 
any guy you take is sort of a flyer when it comes to the quarterback position in this draft. And so that's why I, I could see a Corral, given some of the stuff he's put on film. Uh, again, played he played in the best conference in uh, in the league, and uh, you know I think I think that that means something to some extent. And plus, he played for a pro coach. Now, whether that you know really matters or not, we'll see. But I, I'm I'm willing to take a flyer on. I uh, Coulter love the idea of Tennessee picking a quarterback. They obviously burned me last year in the playoffs. If anyone wants to go back to our Calcutta draft that we did to hear how much I got burned by them personally. But I think the point that you make is good because not only do you see that Tannehill just choked and kind of just lost his fucking ability to play quarterback. But the other side of that is that he's got a monster contract now. Like he's like the second or third highest paid quarterback in the league. Maybe yeah, lower than that, but he's got an enormous cap hit now. And you gotta be sitting there like, is this guy really our guy, especially considering how much money we're going to be paying him? Doesn't right. it make sense? To maybe take a flyer on a quarterback that you can build, maybe sit for a year, but then you got him under contract for four years cheap. I think and he's 33 cool. too. Yeah. Yeah. He's not young. Yep. And I would argue no. that the Titans have, uh, and the reason why it's such an attractive thing with the, the way that it's valued on from a gambler standpoint, is they just don't have a backup quarterback either. It's like, and you shouldn't be necessarily using your first round pick to get your backup quarterback. But I mean, they just do not have a quarterback to back up Ryan Tannehill. Like if he got a broken leg in training camp, they'd be trotting out Logan Woodside. I I'm a diehard football fan. I don't know who the fuck that is. So I mean, never heard. Point, well, and the other thing real. to keep in mind too, is the contract piece of this. There's a lot of teams that would rather have a quarterback on this potential like fifth year deal yep. that, that could look at this and be like, you know what? Like, okay, like we could get, like, we may not need a quarterback this year to like about the Titans and some of these other teams, but we're going to need somebody. And if, if for some reason the quarterback we have doesn't, you know, isn't there two years from now, we're in a much better position with a guy who's been in our system for a couple of years and has an understanding of how this thing works and is on a cheaper deal that they can, you know, that they can invest in. So I think that the end of the first round, I think becomes very attractive from a contract perspective for any yeah. of those positions that, you know, you're going to have to pay a shit ton of money, even for a backup. I mean, we talk yep. about it all the time. Like, uh, who's the Missouri quarterback? I, this name yeah. escaped me. Drew Lom. Uh, no, the the like the, no, the backup. He's like made a hundred million dollars yeah. in the league. Um, he played for the Saints. He played for the, the Chiefs. Um, he's on the, the Chargers now too. Ah, shit! What is that guy? No, Chase name? Daniel. Yeah, yes, Chase. thank so you. Like, you. You got a guy who you're paying more than to your point, Colter. Any of the guys you're going to draft. And, you know, are you more comfortable with ch- throwing Chase Daniel in there if you need a backup than one of these guys who may fall to the end of the first round? I think there's a lot of teams that look at it and are like, it's not a bad investment uh, to get a quarterback on and have that extra d- extra year and be able to kind of, you know, figure that out than to, to, to try and chase a, a decent backup. So I think there's a lot of value potentially there at the end of the first round. And so I could see it. I could see, you know, any of these guys getting getting gobbled up and, I, it really comes down to, is anybody in love with Willis? I, I don't, I mean, maybe he gets a Trey Lance type, you know, but like look at Trey yeah. Lance. Like, uh, Not happening. I don't see that yeah. happening with Willis. Right. I don't either. And, and I, think I don't either. Lance, I think people learn that. These teams like, that, these teams that are subjected to pick him or projected to pick him. I just don't see it. Carolina, Atlanta, Seattle. They're, as I went through, they're not going to take him. They're, they're, they're way too many needs in those franchises. They can't take a guy who's, who can't, he can't even read a basic blitz scheme from what I've seen and read. It's just like, he doesn't know how to handle blitz. He yep. takes too many sacks. I mean, it, you can't take a guy like that in the top 10. Nope. All right. Let's leave the listeners on one last over under. I'm making this one up because I haven't seen anything on a book, 
but I do think it is a intriguing option. Your Michigan man, David Ajabu over under pick number 35. Let's call it Hughes. What do you think? Man, this is tough. And I'll say I, I've never felt worse for a guy who got hurt in the pre-draft process. Obviously I'm a Michigan fan, but he's got a really cool story. Um, I think he's a really good player. I do think that the injury that he had is always makes me nervous. I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go over. Um, I hope he gets drafted. I, I, I hope he does sneak in and gets, um, gets on a good team. Uh, but I am, I am worried that like teams are just going to ding him for the, I mean, he just tore it too. Like, yeah. it was, you know, if it had happened in the middle of the season, I feel like we're in a different boat, but it just happened. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for the guy. I think he's a really good player. Um, I think he's a really good, got a really cool story. Uh, and I, I do think he's, I mean, I think he's good as Aiden Hutchinson. Like when you, if you put on the Michigan games and you watch them play, I think he had as much of an impact and probably was a little bit more physical. Um, but at the same time, just a fucking devastating injury during yeah. what is ultimately a fucking meaningless process. Brutal, brutal injury. Brutal. Coulter, where do you got a job of going? Under. I like uh, the fact that two of the, what, four best teams in the league have two picks at the ten, last 10 picks, Packers, Chiefs, everybody and their grandmother all I keep hearing about, and it's nauseating, is how Green Bay and, and Kansas City are going to take a receiver. Green Bay probably will, as I mentioned earlier. I just don't see it for Kansas City necessarily. This is a division with a boatload of good quarterbacks. Everybody's added to their arsenal. Why would they not want to take Ojabu? And to, to Houston's point, this is a top five talent potentially that you're going to get at 29 or 30 to blitz Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, and, and, and uh, Justin Herbert for the next five to ten years. I like it under. I, I just don't see how a team like Kansas City can pass. They have enough talent right now. They can work with him and, and get him up to speed, and he'll be back in December, January, and they'll be in the playoffs, and he can add to that team then. Uh, so, yeah, under for him for sure on that one. I think under also. I just think uh, that's a good point too, Coulter, that I think there's going to be a lot of teams that can afford to stash him away. It's teams that like, hey, I, we, we're going to likely Green be in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're likely in the Can't playoffs to stash this guy. And then all of a sudden you got this potential top 10 pick who's coming back right. end of the season playoffs. That'd be something to watch for. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I hope so. I, I'll tell you that, you know, maybe my, my over was a little bit of a uh, reverse psychology on, on hoping <laughs> that he, he does get picked. Cause I do think he, I think he's really good or was really good. And uh, yeah, I think with the technology that we're looking at too, with a lot of these guys coming back from some of these injuries, it's pretty clear that. Um, there's an ability to recover from both an Achilles torn ACL much better, much faster than ever before. And so yeah. my hope is, is that it is, you know, I, but I do think, you know, the, the key bet that we need to talk about tonight um, just before we leave is the fact that I'm sitting on uh, the Boston Celtics plus 8,000 to win the NBA championship. So put that down boys and see if we can get a little dice roll on riding that to the end, because that, I'll tell you this, they look good. That is a hell of a ticket to be sitting on my friend. Yep. Plus 8,000 boys. When did you put that uh, one down? I got, I'd have to go back and check, but I want to say right. Probably the beginning of February, maybe, maybe even late January when things had started to turn and I was feeling good. And I was like, you know what? 
I think this team's got a shot if they can stay healthy. And here we are. I think they're like plus 400 now. Yeah, they've got to be up there now, yeah. <laughs> plus 500. I think they're second um, in terms of odds. But, uh, but yeah, plus 8,000. Let's see if we can make it happen. They looked pretty damn good. Uh, I know you got you got that ticket sitting there. It's your where, team. They're doing where well. Where were they so, in the East then when you took that Hughes? Were they like the eighth seed or what? Yeah, probably right around there. They, I, Like I said, I think they had just started to kind of turn it around a little bit. They had to run, um, yeah. Because it was somewhere right, right, in, that, right in that zone. Um, yeah. And it was one of those funny things, you know, like any gambler, like you, you got appreciation for the fact that you win a couple bets, you got a little bit of coin. You're like, you know what? Like, let's take a look at yeah. some of these futures. And yeah, I just, uh, I ended up throwing a little flyer on them and not, not a ton of money, but enough to, uh, enough to get into the, uh, the four digit, uh, winnings. And so, you know, that's, that's all you need to, that's all you need to look at. And, uh, yeah. I think, uh, it's, it's been funny as it's gone because, the cash out has obviously continued to go up, but at the same time, um, no, you know, no hedge and, and we'll ride it out and see what happens. But, uh, but yeah, they, they look good. Not to switch this to a basketball conversation. Um, but, but I am excited. And also check out the dunk that John Morant had tonight. Uh, it was, I saw it. It basically was a Frederick vice Vince Carter dunk all over again. If anyone's old enough to remember. <laughs> Unreal. All right, boys. I hope the draft is good to you. I hope the giants don't embarrass themselves. I'm hoping this new regime brings some legitimacy back to this franchise. A lot of good bets. Uh, Hughes, I think we'll probably be texting you to put down our bets. Cause I believe Coulter, you and I are uh, yeah. blocked I mean, out of draft bets on our, our books. Yeah. I'm uh, crazy. So ashamed of Connecticut. <laughs> Unreal. Hughes, I thought you were in Pennsylvania. No, so I'm in Jersey. So I'm, uh, I'm, oh, okay. I mean, Thank I'm God. 10 minutes out. I'm 10 minutes outside of Philly on the other side. So yes. Uh, okay. I, I know Philly got screwed. Oh, did they? Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, Jersey, I mean like Jersey's one of those States. I mean, it's, it's gotten to a point where I think it was, you know, the second state or whatever after, after Vegas or right, right in the, the top ones. And, um, it's, it's open season. I mean, it's ev- pretty much every platform at this point, uh, every option that you're looking for. So yeah, if you guys, uh, um, it does seem like FanDuel has the most props, uh, in terms of the ones that I've seen out there but if there's anything you see that you want me to throw down let me know yeah it's just so strange like why would virginia they have every other nfl bet but you can't bet on the draft like what's the deal with that it's gonna yeah, come know. to it that's the worst part is in two years we'll have it right it's gonna yeah. be it's well, gonna yeah. be a it's crawl funny. it's funny because we just voted on the ability to to bet on colleges so right now in jersey you can't like i can't bet on rutgers i can't bet on seton hall i can't bet on the in the schools but i do think it actually didn't pass it was close um, but I don't think I think that that's been upheld that you still can't bet on colleges, college games and colleges that are in New Jersey uh, when they when they compete. But that's I think that's really the only restriction that I've seen in Jersey um, and just opened uh, marijuana dispensaries. The state's out of control. <laughs> booming, booming side business. Yeah, business is booming. All right, everybody. That is another great episode of Double Down Trent in the books. We'll see everybody next week. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money, and you know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.